0: Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the baby chick, the host of this podcast, and today we have Dr. Sterling as our special guest. Dr. Sterling is a board-certified OB-GYN and mom of three. Her mission is to provide comprehensive support for the physical and emotional challenges of pregnancy. With so much information about what you should and shouldn't do during pregnancy, it's easy to get overwhelmed trying to figure it all out. So today, we'll be chatting with Dr. Sterling about how to make pregnancy easier and healthier. Don't we all? want that? I'm excited to hear her expert recommendations and learn more about the importance of nourishing ourselves during pregnancy and beyond. So let's welcome Dr. Sterling. Hi, Dr. Sterling. We're so grateful to have you on our podcast. Chick Chat, thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. Dr. Sterling, I'd love to learn more about you and your experience. We've been following you on Instagram, all the great things that you're doing, but now we really want to know about you. Can you tell us a bit about you and your background and what inspired you to specialize in pregnancy and postpartum support?
1: Yeah. So I am a board certified OBGYN and my whole life really changed when I first got pregnant in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I had all of the expertise, right, as being an OBGYN. I knew a lot about pregnancy and birth and postpartum, but- experiencing it yourself is such a different um, level of knowledge. <laughs> and <laughs> I had a very, very difficult first pregnancy. And I say that, and it was a completely healthy pregnancy, there weren't any complications. Um, and, you know, I'm very, very fortunate for that. But in terms of the physical and emotional experience, it was very, very challenging. And, It was also a challenging transition. You know, my birth was (laughs) traumatic and challenging. My postpartum experience was very eye-opening. It was Mm -hmm. um, very hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it really just going through that experience and realizing with all of my knowledge, and my husband's also a physician, and we have so many resources, and it was so difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought... if. I have all of this, and it was still really a struggle. Mm-hmm. What am I, How can we expect people who don't have all of the knowledge I have and the, the resources I have to be able to navigate this, you know, pre- the whole reproductive journey without more support than they're currently being provided? Mm-hmm. And so that really lit a fire under me to, to just change the way we think about pregnancy and postpartum support and to dedicate my life to providing that support.
0: That is amazing. Oh my goodness. And you're so right. You have all of this knowledge and all of this support. And it can be so scary. And but look at you, you're a mom of three, so you can get through it, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I am
1: I have two children who are outside the womb. I have one child one. who is inside the womb. So yes. I I will say there was a certain point, and I call I call myself a mom of three now because I really feel that way. There was a certain point, and I think it's different for every person, but there was a certain point where this fetus became more than a fetus and this was now my child and mm-hmm. even if this you know this pregnancy hadn't continued that was my that's this is my child and this is I am a mother to this child so that transition for me happened I think it happened like at the beginning of the second trimester where I was like oh um this is you know it's just so interesting it's it happened to me earlier with my first daughter but yeah
0: I love that it's so true i I truly believe that. Once you get pregnant and you make that connection, you are a mother as soon as you feel that connection with oh, yeah. your baby. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Uh-huh. And so whether that baby is alive in the world or not with us, I mean, you are a mother. So oh, yeah. I, I love that. I love yeah. how you share that connection and that bond. And just out of also my curiosity, did you just always know like, oh, I'm going to be an ob gen?
1: Oh no, oh no. <laughs> I I I am notoriously wrong about myself. So I went to undergrad and I had I was getting a degree in neuroscience and I was sure that I was going to be a PhD and I was like, I'm gonna win it I wanna win a Nobel Prize. Like that's my goal. I wanna like figure out the brain. And then I'm come from a family of physicians, so that kind of creeped up on me. And I was like, I think I want to go to medical school. Mm-hmm. And then I have an, some orthopedic surgeons in my family that <gasps> my I- My
0: father's an orthopedic no surgeon. Way. Look at us. <laughs> and my mother's a nurse. But I, I was it. the opposite of you. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs>
1: See, the thing is, neither of my parents were physicians. So I think it allowed enough. Like, there's the physicians in my family where my my grandfather, his brothers- uncle. So it was like removed enough that I didn't see it. <laughs> Honestly, if I had seen it up front, I might not have made the same
0: decision, but I'm I glad was I did. Like, oh, of course. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. We are all so grateful that you did. But yeah, seeing the call, seeing the work, seeing everything that the amazing people in the medical industry do, I just was like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel lucky that I, I didn't see it as up close and personal, as I'm sure my kids will see. Not so much with me, because I've a I've taken a different path. So my lifestyle is not um, quite as difficult as someone like my husband, who is an emergency physician and all of that. But Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. And then one day, I just walked up to one of my advisors who was an OBGYN. And I said, I'm thinking about being an OBGYN. And I literally hadn't really been thinking about it until I said that it's almost like my subconscious like knew and then once I said that I was like oh yeah these are in medicine it's like it's so funny where it's really finding your people you know it's like I am I am an OBGYN like <laughs> I'm just that it's like who I am there's a certain type of person who becomes an OBGYN and there's differences of course but it really you know that that personality type holds true.
0: I love that. I love. Thank you for sharing that because I was like, I'm so curious. And she's always just oh, no news about herself. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> and well. it, trust
1: me, I did not see myself doing what I'm doing now.
0: Now, I mean, yes.
1: it is an ongoing joke in our family because I spend so much time on social media, on TikTok, and on on Instagram. That my husband's like, I when we met in medical school, never thought I was going to see you having like props and like. Writing, directing, and editing 15 second funny videos. So I didn't see myself here either. Yeah.
0: Well, welcome to yeah. you know 2022 <laughs> and how know. because it's so true. That is what helps educate yeah. so many people, especially childbearing age. I yeah. mean, you're sharing such a, a cool and important message. So again, we're excited to learn as much as we can in, you know, within an hour <laughs> from you. <laughs> So yes, as an ob and a mom of three, you certainly have a lot of firsthand experience with pregnancy. What do you feel are the biggest challenges today's expectant mothers face?
1: So there's there's two big ones. Um, I just think the modern lifestyle makes pregnancy very difficult. Number one, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to achieve and be productive and get things done. Especially in the United States, there's a lot of productivity pressure. And the reality is, is that during the reproductive journey, all the way you know from trying to conceive all the way through, you know, having small children. There's limitations on the amount of energy and time you have, but we have these external voices and oftentimes, unfortunately, we've absorbed a lot of these messages. So it's internal voices telling us, don't be lazy, get it done, and you know, live up to this, all these checkboxes for what it means to, to be a successful person. And we run our, you know, we try to power through, we run ourselves down. And, and I'm saying this very much from personal experience, because one of the things that was so painful for me for my first pregnancy is that I had always lived my life in this kind of achievement goal oriented mode. And I just powered through and I worked hard and I got so much you know such a sense of accomplishment and a sense of myself and my own self-worth from doing that from being able to to work hard and get things done and then when i had a you know the symptoms of the first trimester were just so the fatigue was bone crushing the nausea was constant i could not power through and then i had to face the fact that you know i derive a lot of my self-worth from that ability and who am I and what and where is my worth when I can't do that? So that w- that's the first thing I think is really difficult and I think this is particularly true for millennials, we've really absorbed a lot of these messages about work ethic and, and, you know, earning our rest and, and we want to, you know, (laughs) we want to achieve and have that successful life. So I think that there's that. And then the other thing is just the sheer volume of information is so overwhelming. And because we want to, we want to do a good job. This is pregnancy. We care so much about getting pregnant. We care so much about these little beings that we're trying to keep safe and grow. So we care a lot, and we've really been trained to look to these external sources for every question and make sure that we're doing what the experts say and that we we have the best information. And that's how our brains are des- are designed, right? To to gather information and then to evaluate it. But when there's so much information and opinion about what you should and shouldn't be doing, all of a sudden it is really overwhelming and actually causes us, you know, a lot of uh, analysis paralysis and decision fatigue because we have too much info to sort through.
0: Right, right. And you're like, what is factual, what is not, what is? And then also, okay, these are factual, but is that right for me? Exactly. Is that uh, in line with my values and what's important for our family? And so it, you're right. It is so, so overwhelming. And I really appreciate that you. I think. I think maybe it's the boomers um, it made the millennials seem like, oh, we're lazy and all this stuff. Oh. And I'm like, oh my god, no, oh, we're god. not. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. We Mm-mm. are. We are wanting more and better, and working hard. And I so see that, especially with mothers. Yeah, like we want the best for our babies, our families, and we are doing everything we possibly can to be the best, have the best, do the best for our families. So uh, I'm so glad that you pointed that out.
1: Yeah, I think that the the truth of millennials is that we have we have been through a lot in our lifetime, and these. Big events that have happened, 9-11, the 2008 credit crisis, the pandemic, those things have been timed for us during periods of transition. So 9-11, we're you know, um, adolescents, uh, y- you know young adults, pre-teens. The 2008 credit crisis is coming about as we're in college. Like we're Bra- young. Graduating we're t- college. Graduating yes. college. And, right there. And um, <laughs> the, the rug's pulled out from under us. And then the pandemic happens as we're becoming parents. And it has been especially hard on people with young children. I mean, we're still at a point right now as we're recording this where we don't have a vaccine for children under five. So like <laughs> we have we have just we are, I think, um, a slightly more anxious generation. And we really we work hard because we want stability because mm-hmm. the rug has been pulled out from underneath us so many times.
0: I had never put those together at those critical times yeah. in someone's life before. But you are absolutely right yeah. and makes so much sense why a lot of us have anxiety. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have to joke about it, y'all. You know, you do. It's you true. Do. Yeah. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. So let's exactly. just laugh through it. <laughs> okay, so Dr. Sterling, we love following you on social media. I've said this before, and seeing all your helpful tips. What are your top tips that you recommend to your patients and all your you know followers and mamas that will help them have an easier pregnancy?
1: Okay, so it's so funny because I have an entire free class on this, so which is great. Tell (laughs) us, yes, you'll get there,
0: but tell us all the
1: things. (laughs) So I think the first and foremost, I think the the biggest rule that I have in that you know that you I want people to embrace in pregnancy and then very much in parenting Mm -hmm. is to be gentle with yourself and to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Really, the most important relationship in your life is the one that you have with yourself. And so often we are so hard on ourselves for not having, you know, if you're having a difficult pregnancy and you're not enjoying it, there's so much guilt that comes with that. And it's, you know, what's wrong with me? Why are other people, you know, having a, an easier time? We put so much pressure on ourselves and pregnancy is a, a an opportunity to Embrace being more gentle and easier on yourself. And it really pays off with parenting. Mm -hmm. So that's just, you know, when you're faced with a problem or a difficulty um, in pregnancy at any point, if you can center on be gentle with yourself, that is like, that's my number one tip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are way too hard on ourselves.
0: Is there any way to stop you there? Like, what are your tips on that? Like, how yeah. to start being gentle to yourself when you're already moms? We, especially moms, we're the last ones on our priority list. Everything is more yeah. important. Yeah. How can we? How can we get started doing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a to me this is a lifelong journey. Once you realize that being kind to yourself is really um, the key to unlocking so much in life, Mm -hmm. it's, it's doesn't happen overnight. It's a process of the way that, you know, of the way that you talk to yourself really. And the reality is, and you know, I, I, I use my neuroscience degree way more than you would think as an OBGYN, but it, it, it keeps coming back to that. We aren't necessarily in control of the thoughts that pop into our head you know, but if you're able to develop some awareness and, you know, one of the tools that I have used in my life to help with that awareness is do it, having a mindfulness and a meditation practice. And I think that's really scary to a lot of people because it's like another thing to do, but truthfully, my mind, most of the time, my mindfulness practice is done while I'm doing other things like playing with my kids. So it's not something that is necessarily, you know, I need 45 minutes a day to do. Mm-hmm. But what that allows me to do is to not realize that I'm separate them from my thoughts. And I can have a negative thought about, uh, like, I'm f- being really lazy right now. And I can say, oh, there that there's that message again, mm-hmm. that yeah. I received a lot when I was a kid. And of course, I, I want to be good. I want to be a good person. And A lot of the messages I received as a child from just the world were like, work hard. That's, that's what good being a good person means. And so rest always felt kind of like laziness. Mm -hmm. So when I see those, those negative thoughts come up, it's not like, Oh, I shouldn't be thinking that. It's like, of course, of course, you're going to think that. That's, that's what we've been taught. And replacing that with a kinder, with a kinder thought and reminding myself, like, it's okay to rest. It's okay that the, the dishes aren't clean right now. It's actually not a reflection on my worth as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and so th- it's just about noticing neg- the the negative thoughts and messages that you put towards yourself and then approaching them with kindness and not beating yourself up for having them. Approaching them with kindness and just like being your own friend and talking mm-hmm. to yourself the way a friend would you would talk to a friend, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. We need to start doing that. Download your mindfulness app now, people. Let's get on this. It really
1: helps. It really (laughs) helps. And it's, I really like, mindfulness is just, it changes the structure of your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, It actually, the, you know, the scientific, you know, benefits are a decrease in overall mortality for people who engage in mindfulness. I mean, it really is about, a, whole, a very holistic way to um, to deal with stress and to to deal with your mental and physical health. It's really cool stuff.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. now I sorry, I had to interrupt you with that because I was like, I feel like not enough people know where to get started. Okay, be kinder to myself, but, okay, wh- how, how do I get started? So I appreciate that wonderful tip. I, and so we can get back to easier pregnancy what are your 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 second tip
1: <laughs> yeah so um beyond being uh gentle to yourself is to really n- not get sucked into the information overwhelm mm-hmm. and there's a few different ways you can do this one is you know finding one or two really good sources of information that you trust one of those things can be your provider you know depending on you know the kind of relationship that you have with your provider and Really, some providers are really good at patient education. Other providers, that's just like not their jam. You know, we all have different strengths, and um, some providers like don't value patient education as much as others. So, you know, that's just something to know. Like, you may have a your provider, and this is true for all doctors, right? Like, your provider might be an an any profession. I'd like to say, like anything, (laughs) they might be an incredible surgeon, right? And they might be really fantastic medically, but. They, they miss that patient education piece. And so having a, a single source where you can get reliable information is really helpful. That's one of, you know, I have a membership for pregnancy, and that's one of the things that we have created there is one place you can go that you can trust that you can get your pregnancy questions answered. So, you know, there's, there's, I just, when you just go to Google, it's, it can be very, very overwhelming. And honestly, there's really bad information. And even the members of SterlingParents.com will come to me and they'll be like, I read this on Google. And I'm like, (laughs) Stop! It stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly, and I. It's honestly like it takes some time, you know. Even though they have access to the member site, it takes some time to train themselves to not go to Google because we're so used to it. Mm-hmm. And once they get into that groove, it really going. to that I trusted to no- source. Yeah, yeah. saying yeah, like, yeah. okay,
0: stop. Filter out all of this other noise, and this is what I, what I trust. This is where I'm going, and develop that that relationship. Almost, I, I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I will also say, and this is something that I go into a little bit more depth in inside my free class, but really prioritizing stress reduction and Mm -hmm. and processing stress. Mm -hmm. And that's something that it's very frustrating that really nobody teaches us how to do, but there are evidence-based ways to do that. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: it is such, it's so crucial to learn that in pregnancy and in life.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Awesome. Do you have any other tips for us?
1: The last tip I'll give for um, information overwhelm is that oftentimes what happens in pregnancy is we, you know, have a symptom or we have a question and we're feeling anxious about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we say, okay, I'm feeling anxious because I don't know enough about this topic. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go onto Google and I'm going to learn more about this topic And we are waiting as we're searching through the internet and reading things, and maybe we go on social media and we look at some accounts, we are waiting to feel a release from that stress. Like, oh, I've learned enough about this, now I'm reassured, and now I can disconnect and move Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. The problem is is a fundamental um, misunderstanding of what stress is. So there are stressors, things that cause us stress. But stress itself is a neurophysiologic experience in our body. Mm -hmm. And if we try to solve the physical sensation of stress Mm -hmm. by searching on the internet, Mm -hmm. we will not feel that release. That's not how you relieve stress from your body. You can deal with a stressor that way, but not the stress that's in your body. So what typically happens is that people feel anxious and stressed, and so they go in search of answers. And then they are waiting to stop, they're gonna stop their search when they feel that, okay, release. Release. But they never get there because the stress that's not how you handle stress in the body. And so they end up just burning out and getting a headache after Mm -hmm. two hours of searching, and it doesn't actually make them feel any better. (sighs) Mm -hmm. So understand when you're when you're engaging in like an internet (laughs) search to solve anxiety or stress. Mm Deal with that physical stress first before you even ever get on the computer. So, you know, going out, just going outside and taking a deep breath, you know, putting on a song and moving your body, just something, whatever it is that makes you feel a release of stress, do that thing first and don't look for physical relief from stress from an internet search because it doesn't work that way.
0: Fabulous tip! Like, couldn't agree more. Yes, your hot cup of tea, whatever it is, a good whatever stretch. Yes, yeah. get that yeah. out. I love it. Okay, Doctor Sterling, I know that you said that your first pregnancy was, I mean, healthy and wonderful in that sense, but also really tough. Yeah. Did you have good, easy pregnancies um, with your second, and now with this one, or is it still the <laughs> same a train? Of,
1: it's a mix of both. So, the, my first pregnancy, I had really terrible nausea. I actually, I've had a surgery on my stomach, so I'm, I actually can't throw up, but the nausea.
0: (laughs) That does not sound actually, to me, I was like, oh, that's kind of awesome. But I'm like, but no, you don't get that release. Yeah. There was
1: no release and there was a lot of dry heaving. So (laughs) the, the, the benefit is that I couldn't ever have hyperemesis gravidarum, which is, you know, when you have weight loss and it's, it can be very severe and life-threatening. And that's not something that I was ever at risk of, but I had really debilitating nausea 24 hours a day mm. and with that and, and just terrible fatigue and because um, I am fortunate and that was the first time I'd ever experienced mm. symptoms like that that lasted for so long I, I didn't start feeling better until I was about 20 weeks mm. and I didn't I don't think that anybody can prepare you for what it feels like to feel so terrible for so long And I felt like a prisoner in my body. And it really, I was very, very depressed. Yeah. And I, I just, I I remember thinking like, at least, you know, I know this is pregnancy. So there's that. But if I didn't know what this was, like, I can understand, like, I would, I would not want to continue living like this is not I can't, I can't live like this. Everything was gray. And it was also such a shift in my personality. Like I'm an extrovert and I love people and I love talking to people. And when I was in that space, I just wanted to isolate and I didn't want to talk to anybody. And so it was a huge emotional shift. And um, so I've experienced that with all three of my pregnancies, the first 20 or so weeks are are like that for me. And you know, this is my third pregnancy, and my husband and I were kind of toying with the idea. We were thinking three or four. And then the first trimester, I was like, nope, this, th- I will never be pregnant again. Like there was, there was just, it was like this breaking point of, you know what? <laughs> I can't do it again. And then I will have, I'm, I'm fortunate that I, I usually have some, like, some weeks and months that aren't so difficult, but I also, think that the universe likes to send me every pregnancy symptom so that I have empathy for, <laughs> for others. So, you know, I've, I've really experienced almost all of the pregnancy symptoms to some degree. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, it helps me professionally to, <laughs> to understand it, but it's not necessarily the most fun.
0: Yeah. I I always loved that saying of, you you don't have to love pregnancy to love your baby. It's okay to say that pregnancy is so hard and I hate it because it does not mean in any way, shape or form that you don't want to be a mother or you don't love your baby or anything like that. But pregnancy is hard. It can be.
1: Listen, I will tell you with each one of my pregnancies, there has been a point where I actually felt regret. I felt like I've done i this was not right i don't i don't want to do this and the idea that you could feel so bad physically and that you somehow that you're not going to have those feelings i think is expecting ourselves not to be human mm-hmm. and we we are human and it is okay to both you know you can both feel really grateful for a pregnancy and you can feel like I think I made a mistake. <laughs> I hate this. I don't know. It's such a weird ex- – I bet I know that you can because I have felt both of those things at the same time. And it's so jarring. But it's like, yes, I want this pregnancy. I want to continue with this pregnancy. But also, I don't. And it's, yeah. it's just – we can do we can hold opposing emotions and thoughts at the same time,
0: yeah. And it's perfectly ok. No mom guilt allowed listeners, absolutely. So yeah. now knowing that, what were some of the things that you did or some of the products that you had that helped you during those pregnancies? And this ok pregnancy? so,
1: I mean, it's been different for every pregnancy, I will say. and i this is I am not sponsored by this company <laughs> at all, but like my yeti, um, I don't even know what to call it. Tumblr, I guess. Tumblr, it is. yes. Because I and I'm okay drinking room temperature liquids now, but there was a you know five months where I was like, no, it has to be ice cold. Ice cold. <laughs> and it was like, how much ice can I pack into this thing? And I was just keep refilling it with liquid. So, you know, um my yeti has saved me and it go it went with me everywhere for a period of time. Just in general, snacks. Of course. Always. I mean, (laughs) and I I will say too, I always gain the most, most of the weight that I gain is in early pregnancy. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people really freak out when that happens to them. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, I don't have, you know. And I usually, my weight gain really slows down later on in pregnancy. But in those early days when it's like, if you don't eat, you mm. are so nauseous mm-hmm. I, I just you know to me one of the thing the the nicest things somebody ever said to me in my, in pregnancy it was with my my first i was still um you know a full-time practicing obgyn doing 24-hour shifts so miserable and I had always had this idea that I would be, re- be eating really nutritious foods and I would just, you know, I was going to be the perfect pregnant person. Of course you were. Beforehand. Yes, we, like all, was, we all were. <laughs> I was going to do prenatal yoga and exercise. I was going to be so good at pregnancy. And then I was in like straight up misery and a nurse on labor and delivery came to me and she just, she saw the misery in my eyes and she said, you know what, if all you can eat is cheetos and sprite, all you eat is cheetos and sprite. And it was like it, it was just so nice to have that permission, permission. just from someone else, like, yes. you know. And and uh yeah, that's that's just doing whatever feels right for your body. I mean, it's been such a a benefit to the benefit of having difficult pregnancies is that I've really learned to listen to my body and to give it Mm -hmm. what it needs. Mm -hmm. And I definitely wasn't doing that beforehand
0: at all. Well, what a blessing because don't we all need to just listen to our bodies because, wow, if we listen to it, it's telling us a lot. So much. So much. Oh my gosh. Well- I know that you touched on this a little bit earlier and I want to go to you were talking about stress and yeah. the impact of stress. So yeah. I feel like like we were talking about mothers busier than ever. Yeah. What impact can stress have on pregnancy and the baby's development? We know a lot, but yeah. t- break it down for us. So listen,
1: this is always a really difficult subject to talk about. And I know it's difficult because I have had a pregnancy my firstborn the pregnancy her pregnancy was incredibly stressful and actually a lot of the data that we have on stress and pregnancy is from studying obgyns and obgyn residents who are that actually
0: makes perfect sense <laughs>
1: because we have we have you know really the hours are hard. And um, what does your body do when you're up in the middle of the night and you're tired, but you have to stay awake, it releases stress hormones. And what happens when your pager goes off, and there's an emergency, you know, Um, it's huge surges of adrenaline far beyond what most people ever experience in their everyday life. Mm -hmm. So I just want to preface this with I, I have been there. And a lot of us have jobs and life situations that are stressful. And it's not really most of the stress we experience in our life, right, is out of our control. Like mm-hmm, we don't mm-hmm. ask to be in the path of a natural disaster or have financial issues or marriage issues or be, you know, a victim of racism or sexism. We're not asking for any of this stuff. It just comes to us. The problem is, is that yeah, stress does have an impact on pregnancy. So we see that people who report, you know, the studies do it differently. Some of them look at people's reports of stress and other studies look at actually measuring stress, um, you know, in terms of stress hormone levels and all of that. But what both studies show us is that people who have stress, um, you know, high levels of stress in pregnancy or increased risk of blood pressure issues like preeclampsia, mm-hmm. um, low, having a baby born low birth weight, and then preterm birth. Mm-hmm. In addition, there's data that in, that's still evolving and we're still learning more, but it seems like stress levels in pregnancy also impact our children in terms of their development and their long-term health outcomes. So we see people who have, you know, high levels of So stress also leads to inflammation. So stress and inflammation are are tied together. And we see that people who have higher levels of stress and higher levels of um, inflammatory markers in their body during pregnancy, their children are more likely to have asthma and allergies, we see that there you know we may be actually programming our children's stress responsiveness during our pregnancy so we see higher people who report anxiety in pregnancy higher levels of stress hormones in their 10-year-old children so it's difficult to talk about because it's so easy to go to a place of guilt and shame when you hear that your stress levels may impact like if it impacts you, like we're all good with it. Like we all know the data, right? Like on yeah. on cardiovascular health and and heart health and stress. Like we know all of that and, <laughs> and we just don't. We're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just me. It's not affecting anyone else. It's just, it's else. just yeah. me, but the second it's going to impact our children, mm-hmm. then we then there's the the potential for guilt and shame, but what I hope is that understanding that your emotional and physical wellness are really one and that mm-hmm. stress relief is important is the message that you take from that. Because I don't think that your stress is your fault. It's not mm-hmm. our fault. A lot of the stress that we have that that's actually modifiable, that we have some control over, we have that stress because we just want to be good. It comes from such a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. We work hard because we want other people to see us as valuable and we want to be you know, successful and it comes from a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. So I don't think your stress is your fault. I think that hopefully when you understand the importance of addressing stress in pregnancy, that you Mm -hmm. can prioritize it, but not be hard on yourself when you experience it
0: absolutely absolutely and thank you for sharing that information with us and listeners don't worry now we're going to get to the good part of this so dr sterling what strategies then do you recommend mothers take to reduce their stress during pregnancy i know you talked about mindfulness and the app and and you know doing going outside these kind of things i want to know what are your tips for reducing that stress and then also by doing those things what the impact can can have on right. on your stress yeah so
1: I think it's important to
0: acknowledge that
1: our modern lives are very stressful. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to make you know we're going to address stress, mm-hmm. it has to be a priority in our lives. It's not something that we can do one time and it is very much a way of living. And it you don't have to figure it all out right away so you know it's it's about learning about yourself and knowing what things are really stressful for you and knowing how to what relieves your stress mm-hmm. that being said there are some fundamentals about understandings and and evidence about stress that i think are helpful for everyone mm-hmm. so we've already talked about the first thing that i think is really important for people to understand the difference between a stressor a cause of stress mm-hmm. and then the physical in, you know, the physical stress that you feel in your body. So understanding that those are two separate things can be really helpful mm-hmm. because you have to address both, but
0: mm-hmm. you can't
1: use the same tools to address both of them. Okay. Right. right. And in many situations, we need to address the physical stress first, mm-hmm. because when we try to address a stressor or a source of stress, from a place where we're feeling a lot of anxiety and worry and fear, we're oftentimes not problem solving as well, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I think just like that fundamental understanding of, of what stress is can be helpful. The other aspect of it is, is understanding that there are, ways to process your stress. And when I talk about processing stress, I'm really talking about the physical Mm -hmm. stress that's in your body. There's ways to process stress and there's ways to reduce stress. And I think a lot of times we just think about stress reduction. Like I just need to not have so much stress in my life. Right. And it really, they have to go together. And this is, you know, I walk through a lot of the step-by-step for how to do this, um, in my free class. So Nobody needs to feel like they need to like take down notes or anything. This is all, this is all available (laughs) on demand, (laughs) but yeah. So understanding that um, there are evidence-based ways to, to process stress. And we think of things like
0: exercise,
1: laughter, Community. Laughter.
0: Can we say yeah. that? I don't think people think of that enough. Laughter yeah. is an amazing form of medicine, but yes, oh, I had to stop on that one because 100%. laughter is a fantastic point. Yeah.
1: And I think that when you, you know, it's, I think we've lost a lot too in the pandemic in mm. terms of the opportunities for, you know, for laughter and community mm. because, I mean you laughing at a movie is 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 great, right? Like yeah. laughing at putting on a stand up and laughing, that's great. But there is a different um experience when you're laughing with other human beings and there's also mm-hmm. that connection part of it. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is is that oftentimes we deprioritize things like getting together with friends mm-hmm. and and community and laughter because we think that Oh well, I need to get X, Y, and Z done first, mm-hmm. and we deprioritize the things that help us mm-hmm. process our stress. Right. And then what happens is we have we we feel the impact of our stress more, and we feel less. We have less um, energy and less resources, and we further deprioritize the things that help us process stress. So processing stress, exercise. Um, meditation, you know, laughter, community, nature, these things that help ground us, Mm -hmm. and then reducing stress. And that is much deeper than people realize. Mm -hmm. Because to reduce your stress, you have to kind of detach from a lot of the messages and the beliefs you may have that are contributing to your stress. So... If you are consistently prioritizing, you know, getting things done and a to-do list mm-hmm. over your mental health and resting, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. People, people don't do that just because. They do that because they believe that that makes them better and more worthy. And that's, that's, that's deep work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It is for sure deep work. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that that's helpful. This is a good place for all of us to to start off with. And you know, I think we all know that it's important for mothers to nourish themselves, especially during pregnancy and beyond. Can you explain Dr. Sterling what steps mothers can take to optimize their physical and emotional wellness during pregnancy?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's first and foremost realizing that physical and emotional wellness are of equal importance, and there's no mm-hmm. real difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that you, that physical, you know, we see that the way that we kind of structure prenatal care
0: mm-hmm.
1: really emphasizes physical over emotional wellness. And we see this because, you know, we get our blood pressure taken every visit, we're, we're weighed, mm-hmm. um, we're measured, you know. But it's not necessarily considered standard practice to check in emotionally, right? right? And good providers do this because they're human beings and they know that it's important. But it's not something that we, that's part of a standard practice. And your emotional wellness is just as important for your pregnancy outcomes for your health and for your, your mental health. Like there is really no difference between the two, Phys, you know, mental health and physical health are really one and the same. Mm-hmm. And this separation that we've kind of, we've created, it's a very, you know, it's, it's a, one of the quote unquote gifts of the patriarchy is that we should be able to separate our, our emotions and our, and our physical self. And that it's just, it's not reality. I mean, mm-hmm. we are, our brains are connected to our bodies it's very physically like we are one yes um and so looking at it and and not 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 expecting if you're not attending to your emotional needs and the needs of your mental health that is going to impact your health and if you're not attending to your physical health mm-hmm. and to your physical needs like sleep and 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 food and rest and hydration that is also going to impact how you feel emotionally. I mean, these, you know, if you just think about how do you feel emotionally when you're sleep deprived and when you're hungry, mm-hmm. the world is falling apart. And then you have a nap and a snack, and you're like, okay, it's still so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that magical? It really is. But, you know, we, I think we all kind of intuitively know this, but our modern life has really pushed us away from this knowledge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, But we all know it inherently when we think about it. We're like, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's the same.
0: (laughs) Am I hungry? Am I tired? Have I been outside? Have I had some water? Like, yeah. (laughs) That's so great. So I think listening to all of these things, it's so helpful. But I also know that it can be overwhelming for moms to be like, okay, I need to be mindful and remind myself of all of these things. What or how can our partners support? support us or our support systems, if we don't have a partner, Mm -hmm. help us make pregnancy easier and less stressful?
1: Yeah. So I think that first and foremost, really, fundamentally, I believe that the, the responsibility for having a healthy pregnancy should not land on the shoulders of the pregnant person. But it very much does this day and age, especially in the United States. Yes. It's like you figure it out. Yes. Um, <laughs> but truthfully, we, we should be setting up a, a, a society and support systems so that it is not on the shoulders of the individual. Because when you're in the thick of it, it's very hard to ask for what you need or to even articulate what you need to another person. So I If you think even that,
0: know what you need. If you even know that.
1: Truthfully, yeah, you know? and it can be a huge challenge to to even know where to start when mm-hmm. you're when you're feeling overwhelmed and when you're feeling vulnerable and not knowing kind of where where to turn. Mm-hmm. So, one, I think that there's especially for um, as as women, we have this idea that you know we need to make we need to do all the research. We need to make all of the decisions for all the products that we need to buy and everything that we're going to do with baby. And we start because the it's so much realer to us. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the pregnant person, right. the reality that this baby is coming is so much realer to you, but you... So, it's harder for a partner who's not pregnant to understand, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not real. And once you have kids, like you get it, but beforehand, especially for your first time parents, mm-hmm. a person doesn't necessarily get that, like, this is happening. So, enlisting help and saying, hey, you know, hon, can you do some research on what the best stroller is, what the best bassinet is? And you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to make the decision. Right. I think a lot of us oh. are like, I still want to make the decision. It's like, yeah, but you don't necessarily like, I love to, my husband is so good at a Excel freaking spreadsheet. And I'm like, I'm going to take that skill. You do the research on this. You bring it to me and then let's make a decision together. Right. Cause I don't it spending out one of the things that I spent so, especially my first pregnancy, I was online researching Mm -hmm. all this stuff yes so much and really didn't realize like my partner has the ability to research strollers and 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 car seats too like I don't need to be doing that and I could be taking a nap during that time so it's like really basic stuff like that and it's other things like food you know Mm -hmm. it can be really difficult to prepare food when you're pregnant so Mm -hmm. asking people to help you grocery shop to prepare meals. I mean, that can be huge because just being in, like, going to the grocery store can be really triggering when you have nausea and aversions. Mm -hmm. So just enlisting help with basic necessities, like Mm -hmm. keeping your Yeti tumbler filled with ice and sparkling water, you know? There you go. Yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I love how these are just I, I particularly love the research point because oh my gosh, hello, yes. One yeah. it's not giving them the control of choosing the product. It's no, I'm delegating this. Yeah. <laughs> giving yeah. you the
1: You do the research, you bring it to me. <laughs> Exactly. We'll have a conversation. Yeah.
0: I'll be the CEO of our family right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think it's also helpful because all truthfully having a baby can be very expensive. I think that sometimes we make it way more expensive than it needs to be, but it can be very expensive. And if you're the one who's constantly coming to your partner, like, we need this, you know, fifteen hundred dollar product, and then it becomes this like tension over, over money, right? Like that's mm-hmm. such a common for relationships that's such a common point of stress and contention but if they're doing the research like let them see what the prices are on the market (laughs) like let them look at the different features and and see the 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 benefits you know what I mean like I would far rather them figure that out than be the one trying to convince like yeah this is the stroller we need you know
0: Especially if that's a strength of theirs. You know, if this if research is not their strength, find yeah, have them. Do something (laughs) else. Exactly. I love that. Okay. But Dr. Sterling, what about the people who do not have a good support system? They feel like, nope, I don't have anybody around me. What do you suggest for for those people?
1: Yeah, so I mean, this is it's really tough. And, you know, I think that even people who you know, I think a lot of people don't have that village that everybody talks about. I mean, oh, no. we we live, you know, people move away from home. It can be, especially because the the last few years of our life have been, you know, we've been living through a pandemic, like mm-hmm. a lot. I was just thinking the other day about all the like casual friends. You know, I moved to San Diego and started having kids and like was developing friendships with people and then a a pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, those, those casual friendships are just gone because you know, I don't see these people out and about anymore. So I I first want to say that I think a lot of people feel like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me that I don't have the support system that everybody talks about. And I don't have that. And I think that's actually really, really common. You know, I think that it's not, there's not something wrong with you because you don't have like, 15 girlfriends that are like showing up and bringing you frozen meals like a lot of us don't have that and right. so it's it's not a failure but it is it's a um a support a support system is important so one understanding that building a support system is oftentimes for many of us myself included something that we have to do consciously mm-hmm. it doesn't just we're just not handed to it it it's not handed to us. Mm -hmm. It's something that we have to build. Mm -hmm. So for example, one of the things that I did when I first moved to a new city is I started to be involved in, I got involved in the Postpartum Health Alliance here in San Diego, which is, you know, talks about, you know, supports mental health for new mothers. And the cool thing is, is that by, you know, getting involved in that one volunteer organization and attending, you know, there is one event that I attended for that that I met some of my best girlfriends from that. And, you know, it's actually about doing the awkward thing and be like, hey, would you like to get a cup of coffee? Yes. Or would you like to get together and just realizing that like embrace the awkward and yes. and, and find your people. And it has been, you know, so there's that doing that actually like we do need people in person in real life. Mm-hmm. We need that mm-hmm. kind of support. So that's one way is like go out in into the world, find think you know people who are engaged in the same interests you have, whether that's knitting, books, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Go out into the world and, and find those people, and if there's somebody who you think you might get along with, introduce yourself and and take the awkward step and ask them for coffee or you know do that whatever yeah and then the other thing is understanding that you know that there are online communities as well that can mm-hmm. fill some of that that need for community and support
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't i don't think they can entirely replace in person support
0: yeah human connection is a different level yeah, but i different. agree yeah but, you
1: know i i do think you know that that especially when we're busy mm-hmm. and we don't have as much time as we want to mm-hmm. being a part of an online community and finding your people online can be really helpful. And so for some people they do that on like apps like TikTok and Instagram, right? People find their their communities there. And then there's actual communities that are built specifically for different mm-hmm. phases of life, right? Mm-hmm. So you know Sterling Parents is built for people who are moving through that reproductive journey and we foster a lot of community there so we mm-hmm. get together on Zoom as a community and we just talk about life you know we we have a pregnancy loss support group we have a postpartum support group we we gather around these things and the nice thing about that is that you know having spaces that are where You have somebody who's managing it, who there's no shame. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, (laughs) some of these parenting spaces can be kind of toxic. And I, yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You guys couldn't see my facial expression, but yes, it was, it was like, oh, yes, Dr. Sterling. (laughs) Yeah. So some of them can backfire. Mm -hmm. So,
1: like, you have to find a space that's, that is right and that is not
0: mm-hmm. going
1: to actually increase your anxiety and is going to make you feel supported.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that because I I do want to be I do want to recognize the listeners out there who really do feel that they don't have a support system um even from their partner, from family, yeah. from friends yeah. and it can feel really isolating. So where to start and how to do that. And I and I love that actually one of my girlfriends she was like, "You know what? If I'm going to meet a man, he can't. He's not going to just walk and knock on my door. Walk up to my door, and knock on it. Like I have to go out there. And same thing with mom friends. You 100%. have to put yourself out there. You have to go and build that community yourself. And so I, lo- I love those those points. Okay. So again, back to stress. Okay. As we know, stress for sure does not stop once baby arrives. Oftentimes, oh goodness, no. it increases. <laughs> So Dr. Sterling, what advice do you offer mothers for the postpartum period?
1: Okay, so I mean so much, but
0: <laughs> but, but how condensed. many days do you have? <laughs> right. um, so first I want
1: I just want to say that not only does stress typically increase once baby arrives, and you know for some people it it decreases. Some people have a lot of pregnancy specific mm-hmm. worries and anxiety and they do feel some release when baby comes, mm-hmm. that is an experience I've seen. But I have also very commonly seen the reverse, where mm-hmm. stress and worries um, increase postpartum. And I first just want to go back to you know the the science of our brain. Mm-hmm. When we have a baby, our brain changes, yes. and because our behavior needs to change, behavior doesn't change unless our brain changes. So the fear center of our brain, the amygdala mm-hmm. gets larger when we are taking care of a, a little baby. And that's true for the birthing person. And that is also true for anybody who is taking care of a baby. You wow. will, <laughs> Your brain will change. So they even see this in adoptive parents when they yes. do brain scans, they see that their amygdala gets larger. So you can expect that the world is going to feel like a more scary place, mm-hmm. and you are, you know. Sometimes that overshoots. It's a it's a natural response. It's it's there's an evolutionary advantage to to being concerned and worried about your baby, right? But sometimes it overshoots, and postpartum anxiety is very, very common. Yes, and so if you even think, everybody is always like, "Well, how do I know if I have postpartum?" anxiety. Mm -hmm. And what I say to that is if you even are thinking that maybe you have postpartum anxiety, there's a good chance that you do. And it's not your job to diagnose yourself. We put so much pressure on ourselves for Mm self-diagnosis. And like I need to know that I have postpartum anxiety before I go to see my provider. And really, we should be saying, I think I might. I'm going to go to my provider and have them do the screening and have them talk to me. Mm -hmm. And if that provider is not if if i think that they're minimizing my symptoms or they're like oh that's just like all new moms and i don't think that's right i'm going to mm-hmm. say you know what i need to find someone else i need to find a licensed mental health care provider you know and you can postpartum support international is a really great place to get mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i'm sure y'all reference that that yes. organization all the time cuz they're yes. incredible but don't let you know sometimes providers downplay the the experiences of of new parents mm-hmm. and if you don't think that they're taking your concerns seriously or seriously enough then they're not and you can ask for that help so um yeah it is normal to feel have have more fears and worries when a baby comes but it mm-hmm. it does oftentimes overshoot
0: yeah it's so true uh. And I and I appreciate you saying that if you feel like someone is not listening to you, even though your doctor that you absolutely love, but they're not hearing you on this one particular yeah. thing, find someone else who will. Yeah, they keep and it's, finding. Yeah,
1: it, it, it. You know, it's it's. R- it's so hard because truthfully navigating our medical system in the United States, it's hard for me y'all like it truthfully finding providers, getting appointments, dealing with insurance. It's all really overwhelming. And so if you are in a space where you're struggling, understand that you can reach out to other people and say, I need help getting an appointment with a therapist. I cannot do this myself. And When you are in your provider's office, and it's hard to advocate for yourself in the moment when a provider is minimizing you or or trying to tell you, oh, that's normal. But you can say, listen, I need something to be done about this. This is impacting my quality of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's impacting my day to day. And it it isn't normal for me. And I need something done. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, you know, oftentimes There's typically two reasons we communicate. We communicate because we want somebody to reassure us, you know, or we communicate because we want something done Mm -hmm. um, when we're talking to our providers. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times providers, because we're busy and overwhelmed, we, unless somebody is being really obvious that they're Mm -hmm. asking for something to be done, Mm -hmm. we'll just in this, without even realizing it, we'll just provide reassurance and just assume that's what they want because- where the clock is ticking, we've got seventeen more patients. So, you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. understanding that if your provider doesn't understand why you're communicating about something, that you can you can then clarify and say, actually, thank you for telling me for that reassurance. But actually, I want mm-hmm. something done. That's that is okay. To yes, <laughs> ask for what you need.
0: <laughs> I think we just need to write that, embroider that on a pillow. Ask for what you need. I know, like this I is know. everything in life. We just need to speak up for ourselves more. So yeah, I appreciate that. And now, Dr. Sterling, we want to know what are the resources that you recommend to your listeners. Obviously, you have Sterling Parents um, to look into. So tell us a little bit about that and any other resources that you recommend. Um, yeah, just resources for for expecting moms to learn about wellness and you know especially during pregnancy.
1: Yeah, so the class that I've mentioned um, several times is called Four Ways to Make Your Pregnancy Easier and Healthier. And um, you can register for that class at thebestpregnancyclass.com. And it's um, it's there's multiple live sessions every day in all time zones. So you can find a time that works for you. And um, yeah, we we have the live sessions if you if you're actually able to attend the live session i share my um pregnancy sleep guide i'm really big on sleep and because Sleep and pregnancy is so hard. So I have a, a comprehensive guide to improving your sleep and pregnancy that I share during that live session. And we also give away fun. We do raffles every month, and we give away fun products. So I'm about to, you know, we sent out some pelvic floor trainers. We have, you know, we send out gift cards and all that kind of fun stuff. So we try to make it it fun and engaging. So there's that class, thebestpregnancyclass.com, and then um, on my Um, Instagram account, um, at Dr. Sterling OBGYN, I share a lot of, I share a lot in my stories about, you know, we do ask away Wednesdays, and people ask questions about pregnancy. And I go into a lot more depth than you people typically get when they go to their provider. And, you know, today, for example, we're talking people, you know, I'm talking about nosebleeds in pregnancy, talking about tips for VBAC, talking about, you know, all of these common pregnancy symptoms that oftentimes when we go to our provider, we're just told, Oh, it's normal. So I do stories, um, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we do a lot of pregnancy questions. I do a lot of education. And then in my feed, I'm always Taking kind of comp, you know, diagnoses like subchorionic hematoma and two vessel cord and breech position and all these diagnoses that we get, and then we're, you know, oh my gosh, what does this mean? And we're searching Google. So I do a lot of educational posts that kind of break it down and and summarize some of the data and and provide some, you know, education and reassurance. And then um, so that's at um, Dr. Sterling OBGYN That's on Instagram and then on TikTok, it's the same handle, Dr. Sterling, um, OBGYN. TikTok's a little different. TikTok is a lot more about, um, especially because I'm pregnant right now, me sharing kind of what it feels like to have a difficult pregnancy. And just validating a lot of the emotions and experiences that people um, go through when they're pregnant. Um, and so a lot of people are resonating with that and saying, Oh my gosh, I thought that this was only me and I was the only one that felt this way. And it's nice. I'm seeing in the comments like people talking back and forth, and dip, like people are like, Oh, I found my community, like other people who don't love pregnancy and aren't sugarcoating it. So that's that's kind of the vibe of the TikTok, is just a little bit different. It's less education and more just talking about.
0: Community it's and fun. Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I
0: love that. Oh, amazing, awesome. And Dr. Sterling, just to wrap this up with a you know a pretty bow, what are your like final thoughts or pieces of advice that you just have to share at the end of this for our listeners?
1: So listen, the reproductive journey is is it's oftentimes hard. Okay, there's at every step of the way there can be you know hurdles and uh, you know. Oftentimes the the path from wanting a child to having a child has a lot of curves in it and it can be very difficult. I have the fundamental belief that the difficulties that come to us through our pregnancy and, and, and through our reproductive journey can help prepare us to be the parents that we need to be for that child. So I think that like my pregnancy right now with this little one that I'm having is different than my other two pregnancies and I choose to believe and who knows if it's true or not, but I choose to believe that the unique struggles that I'm having this pregnancy that when I rise to those challenges and when I learn when I'm learning and and growing through this experience that that is preparing me to be a parent to this child. And so it's, it's hard when you're in the thick of a difficulty to feel that way. But for whatever reason, that belief functions for me, it helps me feel like it's not for nothing, that if I can, you know, deal with this symptom and, and, and learn to take care of myself through this symptom and be kind to myself through this experience, that that is going to make me the parent that I need to be to my child. And I believe that our children are our soulmates. And so when I take care of myself and I honor my soul and I'm in alignment with my soul, I'm honoring the connection that I have with my children. And so that makes it much easier for me to take care of myself and to listen to myself because I know, okay, Christine, when you listen to yourself, when you're in alignment with what your soul's purpose is, you are also in alignment with your children because that's why you were given them. And this is all woo-woo stuff. And who knows if it's even, but it functions for me.
0: And that's why I that's why I believe it and I use it. Yeah, but that's such a beautiful tip. So I'm so glad that you shared it with us. Even though you think it's woo-woo, I think it's fantastic. It's, stuff. you know, it, it,
1: it's like some of these things you believe, you're like, you know, I believe this, and maybe it's not true, but it functions in my life and it makes my life better. So I really don't, I don't care at the end of the day if it's real or if it's not, because it, it helps me um, be a better person. It helps. It really helps me be the best mom that I can be.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure someone out there is going to be like, you know what? Me too. Yes. I, you can't be the only one. I hear that. I hear that. (laughs) Awesome. So now we need to know you, you shared with us. Um, but please tell us again, where can our listeners find you?
1: Okay. So, um, Instagram's a great place to start. You, you can definitely get a good feel of all of the resources that I have there. And that's um, at Doctor DrSterlingOBGYN, same handle on TikTok. If you're interested in what we've kind of talked about today with the, the stress reduction and, and learning how to, um, to make stress reduction a priority in your life and to make your pregnancy easier and healthier, that's um, my free class at thebestpregnancyclass.com. And then if you're looking for real, actual support from me through your pregnancy, that's at sterlingparents.com. And Sterling Parents have, you know, direct access to me, we have a private Instagram account where they can send me direct messages, we get on zoom three times a month and I answer questions and provide support We have a midwife who also works with us a pediatrician who works with us a lactation consultant so we're just bringing all the experts to you to provide um you know that evidence-based information but also that support for the reproductive journey so that's sterlingparents.com
0: I love this. Oh my gosh. This was so helpful, Dr. Sterling. Thank you so much again for sharing your knowledge and the importance of taking care of ourselves during pregnancy. I know this will be so helpful to all the expectant mothers who are listening. So thank you again.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. This was so fun.
0: It was so much fun. (laughs) And for our listeners out there to learn more about Dr. Sterling, as you said, go to all the websites, all of the Instagram, TikTok, at Dr. Sterling, OBGYN. And our team will be posting today's episode on Baby Chicks Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comment section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat the Baby Chick Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Cheers to an easier and more enjoyable pregnancy. Thank you.